0: This episode is sponsored by Privacy. It's like a burner phone for credit cards. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to privacy.com slash G O G. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash G O G. You could even spend that $5 on patreon.com slash G O G.
1: Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo.
0: And I'm Brian Schellmeister.
1: I have some Lyft Stockwatch news. Beep, 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 beep. How's that going? As of this morning, it is down to $58.36. <laughs> okay. Nope. Oh. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Guess that shortened thing really kind
0: of kinda worked. Maybe they have a point with their uh, potential lawsuit against Merrill Lynch. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 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 We'll see. Mm. Or they could have just had a better business model and they thought they were more. A lot more than they actually are losing money
1: not a business not a business plan
0: (laughs) yes not in my mind no
1: ah but speaking of money jeff bezos has come out and laid down the gauntlet with his other brethren in retail saying hey Mm -hmm. we're paying 15 dollars minimum wage your turn bitches
0: (laughs) i I suppose that's good um i don't you know i don't know too many people that can get by at least certainly not in la on 15 bucks an hour but uh yeah okay yay
1: well well now where we live no. And not in a single family home i guess you could live in a studio by yourself
0: maybe, maybe yeah. somewhere out in simi valley or something but that's good good i'm glad he's using his clout and power to kind of push it forward a bit
1: yeah he said today i challenge our top retail competitors you know who you are to match our employee benefits and our 15 dollars minimum wage do it better yet go to 16 dollars and throw the gauntlet back at us it's a kind of competition that will benefit everyone
0: Well, I found a bit of e-scooter news this week. I kind of let you take that over uh, briefly, but uh, I'm back. Actually, this is thanks to a hat tip to a friend of the show, Mike, who sent me this uh, link from the Santa Monica Daily Press. Over 100 scooters impounded in the first six months of the pilot program. Yes, over 105 scooter and bike parking zones have been stenciled on city streets and sidewalks. That was the first part of the kind of uh, our attempt to uh, corral these things when they were dumped upon us. Police have issued 1,542 citations to riders at this point. All right. Significant.
1: It's funny, I was getting ready to ask, who's paying for all of this work that the city's doing, but apparently they can make money off the citations. Yes,
0: well, Santa Monica is well known for making money off of its its citizens, so let's get them. (laughs) I'm I'm okay with that. So they've released an update on what they're calling the Shared Mobility Pilot Program uh, this past Monday, six months after it launched last fall. Uh, It's going to last another ten months and it authorizes Bird, Lime, Lift, and Jump, which is owned by Uber, to operate within city limits with a combined 2,000 scooters and 1,000 bikes. The city has impounded more than 100 unauthorized devices from other companies since last fall so nobody's paying attention
1: yeah people are trying to sneak in
0: yeah Yeah. uh so the initial phase of this program revolved around public education and signage about scooter safety which we've seen bus advertisements everywhere pencil painted stencil marking out no ride zones which i take my bike over on the bike path every day as i dodge people on scooters because nobody's paying attention. Uh, they're doubling down and ha- ahead of summer because it gets very busy here. So there's more signs coming up and there's uh, the partners with the four companies to educate riders on the rules of the road. They have already installed 100 permanent signs indicating dismount zones downtown and in other areas and 35 signs along the beach, beach path here. Uh, but uh, they're going to take it one step further now. The city is going to require that these four companies slow down devices in prohibitive areas instead of halting them completely so they don't just get dumped there. Um, they're going to have to go under one mile per hour so you can move your scooter out of the areas you're not supposed to be riding them so we're getting some geofencing which i'm happy about i don't know if one mile an hour is really going to be the
1: uh the change you need to see in the world for people to stop piling up scooters
0: no if my my scooter all of a sudden started going one mile per hour it's time for me to get off and that's where it stays
1: exactly (laughs) dump it dump it and go
0: yeah uh, right now, they're working on developing incentives for riders to use parking zones and, and use the scooters legally. Uh, if the incentives don't work, and I'm betting you they will not, the city will then ask them to develop disincentives, citing uh, Breeze's bike share $1 charge for leaving a bike outside its station as an example, as it should be doing and that money should be going to the city.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, remember the uh, the guys down in San Diego, scooter removal? Yes. Yeah, well, they're getting sued by Bird and Lime. This is the company that they basically a mom and pop towing company that was like, hey, we can make some money on these scooters and have businesses call us and we can remove them from their their doorstep because hmm. they don't want them there.
0: Interesting. Yes. Well,
1: you know, okay, so Santa Monica has impounded 100 scooters. Yes. Well, these guys have gone a little bit farther. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Scooter removal has 2,500 Bird scooters locked away. And they've also got 1,300 Lime scooters and 285 bikes.
0: Look, uh, I, I have no doubt in my mind that the numbers in Santa Monica would be above that if Santa Monica City had the infrastructure to store them. That's the whole thing is they don't. Like, the only reason they've only impounded like 100 is they don't, we don't have a warehouse to stick them in. That costs money. Again, my argument with all this stuff is these companies just showed up, dumped their crap, and expected the city to build up the infrastructure to, to be able to, to handle them. That's a load of crap. It's the new economy, Brian. But hey, that's what this this company found a niche and they're fulfilling it. This is something the city couldn't afford to do. They're doing it. I don't have any problem with this. And I got a laugh out of reading Burden Lime alleging that the towing company is breaking the law in order to profit from the tech companies. The tech companies broke the law in the first place with these fucking scooters, just dumping them. I love it. A bird spokesperson said San Diego residents
1: are being bamboozled by scooter removal and robbing people of the environmentally friendly scooter options. They've come to rely upon each day to get to and from work as well as to local businesses being bamboozled.
0: Who's doing uh, the bamboozling? Who's doing the bamboozling here? (laughs) Because the scooters that are being picked up are the ones that are being left illegally in places. Illegally. They're not just running around and picking up the ones that are just standing out where they should be standing. They're getting the ones that should be should be picked up.
1: Yeah. Burden Burden Lime are trying to weasel around this by saying that scooter removal is they're supposed to, by law, send them a notification of each individual vehicle that they have, quote unquote, towed. But they were sending batch emails because they had so many of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh but yeah, I don't know how this is gonna play out, but it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I definitely. I am all I'm on team scooter removal on this. Me one. too.
0: If scooter removal has a Patreon, I'm signing up.
1: <laughs> well, I got a little bit more follow-up here. We covered the Ned Flanders metal band a while this. back. oakley Doakley. That's right. Well, they they hit the jackpot. They got their music video for White Wine Spritzer played during the closing credits of The Simpsons, episode six fifty nine.
0: So good for them. Good, good for them. And gets something out of their hard Ned Flandery work the news we have had a rash of uh, of tech employees um banding together and saying no more mr company that writes my paycheck we don't want you to do this or that and there's been some notable companies that have not uh, had this happen to them amazon being one of them that has changed as of uh, this week An unprecedented move at Amazon, more than 3,500 of the company's corporate employees, not the warehouse people, corporate employees, signed their names to a letter published on Wednesday that urged Jeff Bezos to create a comprehensive climate change plan for the company, which would be nice considering sometimes I get 17 boxes the size of my house for a Razor. (laughs)
1: <laughs> or an SD card.
0: Or an SD card. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to mess with uh, with with their main strength, which is logistics. But uh, I think it's smart. It's something that they should be doing, especially because there's just no bigger company in the world right now. Full stop. Also, no bigger company in the world right now probably, you know, putting up more plastic boxes and paper cardboard boxes and all the little plastic packaging that's there to nestle that SD card in a box the size of a, a Prius. And all that sort of stuff. So uh, good on them. And good on the employees for, for bringing this to light and saying, hey, how about we do something about this?
1: Yeah, the thing, though, that they are that they say that, is that they want a complete transition away from fossil fuels. Now, well, that's a little you, ridiculous. That's yeah, that's a little ridiculous. I don't know about you, but I don't know any solar-powered 737s that are flying anymore. And <laughs> uh, that would be a hell of a lot of electricity for their fleet. to uh, to go to. So we'll see what they can get out of it. But I guess, you know, you ask for the stars and you take the moon.
0: That's right. You swing for the fences, right? And you hope you get a double.
1: Yep. Seriously. Well, somebody who's going to hit a home run, unfortunately, which makes my stomach turn. Uh, Uber has filed for their IPO. Mm -hmm. And Travis Kalanick, he stands to make about $9 billion off of that (sighs) IPO. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of sickening. Kind of sickening for that guy. But... (laughs) I guess that's what happens when you disrupt. That's, that's when you, you disrupt. disrupt and you fail upwards. And one of the interesting things out of their uh, their IPO filing, their S1 regulatory filing, mm-hmm. is that they talk about how much of a reliance that they have on Apple. Mm-hmm. And they warn, about, they, they warn the investors about their reliance on the App Store. Because if Apple one day just decided to pull Uber from the App Store, they're screwed.
0: Basically, they yeah. really screwed. Well, one of the things that always stuck in my mind, Jason, when all these years that we've been talking about Uber is, I remember you said quite plainly, all Uber as a company really is is an app. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. They're co- the this company. billion dollar company is one app. Well, two apps, I guess, Android. So yeah. th- that's all they are. That's it. And, and again, I mean, we look at Lyft and 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 how quickly you know their stock has fallen. There is no way in hell I would invest in Uber either. It's ridiculous. They mm-hmm. they, they they fought tooth and nail to basically not have any employees. Their main business, as far as they are concerned, is is moving people. It's transportation. All of those people are contractors. None of them are employees. All they are is an app. That's it. Yeah, and they've gone out of
1: their way to make sure that these people are contractors and not employees because they don't mm-hmm. want to pay the money for them. Now, yeah. they also are, since they're going into autonomous vehicles, they do state that, you know, Apple is going to be a competitor. Yeah. And that also like brings up some issues. It's like, oh, well, you know, Apple has a history of taking competitors out of the App Store when they when they feel like it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm pretty sure Apple wouldn't do that because the backlash would be pretty crazy. Like like when they removed Facebook from the store yeah. for
0: violating their terms. No, they wouldn't, but it's, it's one of those things when, as an, if you're going to be an investor, you look at company fundamentals and you mm-hmm. look for points of failure. This is a huge point of failure. Um, I found another article about, obviously, there's everybody is writing about this this week. This is the biggest story in the world. And Uber is finally kind of, you know, basically, we got to look behind the veil for once at Uber because they had to make a lot of these things public. If they're going to go public, we need to know what's going on. And Slate has a really good breakdown of some of the other big points of failure that Uber has right now. Which I thought was very interesting. So about twenty four percent of all of Uber's bookings, meaning all the money that the company makes through their app and cash and driver's earnings occur in only five cities. New York, LA, San Francisco, London, and Sao Paulo. This is a company that's in more than seven hundred cities, including basically all the big ones in the world. And they're only making they're making almost all of their money in just five. Well, that's 20, not good.
1: Twenty-four percent isn't almost twenty four
0: percent is quite a lot. It is quite 700, a lot seven hundred cities. Five cities making 24%.
1: Yeah, that is definitely uh, a a, a definite (laughs) interesting distribution curve for their their funds.
0: So it's another potential point of failure, because what if New York and L.A. decide to basically go to war against Uber again and cut cut them out and things of that nature. Another example of a company's vulnerability, according to this article, is the concentration of its ride types. Fifteen percent of all their bookings are just airport trips. That's it. Yeah. And airports can actually do something about this because airports used to make a lot of money from parking. They do not make money from parking anymore. In fact, in the, they say the airport in Charlotte, North Carolina, made more money in 2017 from parking fees than it did from American Airlines. Wow. <laughs> So uh, the parking accounted for more than a quarter of the airport's revenue, and as passengers are shifting to ride hailing, airport revenues are declining, and airports have an easy way to make that money back up by putting fees on Uber rides coming in and out of airports, just like they did taxicabs. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of problems with Uber's business model, so if you're thinking about hopping on this IPO, I highly recommend you do some reading first.
1: Yeah, definitely, (laughs) because I wouldn't put my money there.
0: Yeah. Now, you use Google Calendar, right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do as well. And I have it tied into my Apple stuff, so I can see everything and use all the calendars quite well. I do not use Google Hangout. Do you? Oh, God, no. I don't want to see anybody. (laughs) <laughs> well, apparently sp- spammers have now figured out how to infiltrate both of these things, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I personally have not gotten any spam in my Google calendar, but uh, people are starting to see it. It's showing up The you know, <laughs> you start to get uh, events that you don't even remember scheduling and you open it up. And it's, of course, a spam note saying, you know, whatever, send me money. Here's my information. I thought that was pretty interesting. And it's definitely happening with Hangouts as well. And of course, Google does not have the infrastructure put in there to block people that you don't know which seems pretty simple to me.
1: Yeah, that seems very simple,
0: but yeah, but hmm. it's not there.
1: Okay, I'm guessing with all the news coming out about this, it will be there. It'll soon. be there soon. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, somebody somebody's <laughs> one, working one on that hope. right now. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. And
0: uh finally uh, not finally, but over at uh, we got a little bit more Bitcoin news because, you know, we love our Bitcoin. China wants to ban Bitcoin mining because it's seriously wasting resources. <laughs> uh yeah, and <laughs> Yes. So they're trying to cut back on air pollution right now because they obviously have severe problems with that there. And now they're also taking an aim at cryptocurrency mining, the National Development and Reform Commission, the NDRC, not at all close to our NRDC, but, you know, similar in letters (laughs) yes (laughs) uh uh, they've unveiled a paper with a proposal to ban bitcoin mining saying it has seriously wasted resources and i just love how all tech journalists are getting on the bandwagon of bashing on it here in a typical bitcoin mining operation powerful banks of computers are dedicated to crunching out blockchain numbers that serve absolutely no purpose but have value because people think they do
1: yep (laughs) that's pretty much it (laughs) well that's yeah that's cryptocurrency in, in a nutshell
0: yeah, nearly three quarters of cryptocurrencies are mined in China, generating anywhere up to 10 million tons of carbon dioxide, according to a research study in Nature's Sustainability. So yeah, they're going to try to uh, basically crack down on this, which will not help with the Bitcoin bit pros.
1: No, it won't. Uh, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But, you know, it's China, so I can see them actually having, you know, the wherewithal to make a dent in this for sure. Yeah, it was
0: about, if there's any country in the world that can actually shut it down completely, they're the ones. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, here we'd have to have debates and people mm. would be calling, like, trucking out the old spotted owl and shit like that. But uh, so sometimes there, there's just,
0: points for autocracy.
1: Yeah, seriously. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like, uh, we say it so, so it is so. It is now so.
0: Uh, LinkedIn is uh, trying to up their social media game, they're adding reactions. <laughs> God. Yes, the career-focused social network is introducing reactions that behave not so subtly like Facebook's, just with a decidedly business-like flair. On top of liking and loving posts, you can celebrate to pat someone on the back for a new job, insightful when they've posted a nugget of wisdom, and curious when they get you thinking.
1: Oh, why do people still use LinkedIn? I've... (laughs) Look,
0: I, I know there are a lot of people that do. People, A lot of people live and die and swear by LinkedIn, and they're very business-connected, and it's usually tends to be a lot of salespeople. So I get it. But why you would want to water it down and make it just silly like this is unbelievable to me. Uh, I did like the tagline of this article. Look at it this way, though. Whenever they do show up, they'll give you an easy way to acknowledge someone's career update without having to write some generic platitudes. <laughs> Isn't yeah. doing a generic reaction basically even worse than a generic platitude? Yeah, at least then you had it's you even know, less. You typed. <laughs> yeah, at least you <laughs> tried, you know, that makes no sense to me. It's it, it's even less generic or it's more generic. It's even less meaningful just to give them a pat on the back instead of writing something.
1: Yeah, I like it when I get uh, LinkedIn mail, which I get every now and again. People, you know, it's like, hey, like the show, blah, blah, blah. And there's a button in, in the reply. You can like type in a reply or there's a button that just says, thanks. thanks. <laughs> you Just press the button. that says, thanks. And goes, goes about your merry way. I use that button a lot.
0: I got to say, <laughs> I actually haven't checked my LinkedIn in a while. I get a request every other day or so because, uh, people that listen to the show actually want to follow us on LinkedIn for God knows why I get
1: about five to 10 a day because I'm also on Jordan's show, which has right. a, a lot more people listening to it. And unfortunately than our show. Hmm. So I get them both. And, uh, Generally, I just say yes because I'm never going to go back. And there's a thing now too where people will write a really nice, you know, reply or you know, hey, I want to join your network, love the show, blah blah blah. And I write them back, and I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. Where'd you find out about the show? Blah blah blah. Crickets. Nothing back. Nothing yeah. back. Almost <laughs> ever. It's like mm. why bother? Why bother? You know. So I don't even bother replying anymore. I'm just like accept. So I stop getting emails about it. That's about it. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Uh so I found this one today. Wing officially launches Australian drone delivery service. Okay. They're finally in business, which is right. kind of interesting. There's there are a couple of cool videos in the uh the article over at iEEE.org. And the thing looks cool. I gotta say, it's pretty neat. And the, the yeah. airport that they have for them is kind of cool too. This is a pretty
0: sparsely populated area, right?
1: No, that's the problem. It's oh, not. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, these are a couple suburbs right north of Canberra, and there are it's like the birds.
0: I am going to set myself a Google alert right now for the first death that occurs from one falling out of the sky.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the thing about this is the people. There are a lot of people who can't stand the noise. Oh yeah, they're loud. Mm hmm. And it's it's a new type of noise, not one that we hear in nature that we're used to, and it's really pissing people off and triggering them. And yeah wings response to the noise problem is it's a new noise that human ears aren't used to hearing at this point that's basically what the company said addressing the problem They said you'll get used to it eventually
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. yeah this is australia right so you know i wouldn't be surprised if these get taken out of the sky pretty soon by some yeah. pissed off locals
1: <laughs> yeah, they're sharpening up their boomerangs right now. But yeah, they're, but they're cool things. They just really need to work on those engines to, to quiet oh, them I mean, down.
0: There was that story I did a couple shows back about that new uh, sound dampening technology that they found. They got to put that on the drones. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. And but you can the, have silent death from above.
1: That would be, I would like silent, you know, hamburgers from above. That would be fine by me. <laughs> you know, if I could, if I could just dial up some in and out and it would be here in six minutes from a drone, c- count me in. I'm in on that, too. Yeah, so I don't now have I'm to sit at the drive through. Yeah, And uh, these drones, if you look at them, 14 engines on them. Or motors, not really engines, but 14 yeah. motors. Wow. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> that's that's going to that's be loud.
1: Yep. This episode is sponsored by Privacy.com. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. It is so easy, your head's going to spin how easy this is. Look, we all buy stuff online more and more, and Privacy gives you a temp credit card for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. That alone is worth the price of admission. And oh yeah, the price of admission is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do with interchange fees paid by the merchants. You know how skeptical we are of free services here on Grumpy Old Geeks, and these guys actually have a business model to back it up, which gives them the GOG seal of approval. I actually reviewed this product when they first launched, and you know it's amazing, and we're not pimping them just because they pay us. I'm an actual customer and love what they're doing. So if you use a password manager, and we know you do because you listen to this show, you should definitely jump on the privacy.com bandwagon. You don't use the same password everywhere, so why use the same credit card number? Sign-up takes less than two minutes, and like I said, it's completely free. So far, they've saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges, and a couple hundred dollars of that was from me. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. Cards locked to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. Protect yourself from online fraud with virtual card numbers, and delete cards anytime and kiss forgotten subscriptions goodbye. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. No brainer, get on it now. Privacy.com slash GOG. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire podcast. The Cyberwire is a free, community driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is a co host of the Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, where they take on social engineering. And I don't have a pithy, Uh, Maryland quote, because the the Star Wars trailer just dropped and I didn't have time. (laughs) I'm actually surprised
0: we're getting to this segment at all because we just, you know, we could have easily done about another 30 minutes off air talking about that trailer. (laughs) Right.
2: We could just drop security and talk Star Wars for the next half hour. I mean... Mm -hmm.
0: Well well, yeah. we'll get to that. We'll do. We'll do another. Uh, we'll do another spoiler cast once the movie's out. Yeah. And we can discuss our, our amazement Definitely. and or disappointment. We'll do our review.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, yes, we're we're all. If we sound excited, it's because we're all still
1: tingly from watching yep. the trailer. First, hot take impressions from the trailer. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know who's not going to get to see that trailer is Mr. Julian Assange. <laughs> oh yes, king of the transitions. Very yeah. good. <laughs> He's in the who's cow now. So he's not he's no YouTube for Julian oh, mm-hmm. or baby. Mm. No, um, it's interesting. I mean, one of the things that
2: that I take away from this is don't be a jerk. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a big part of this, the reason he got kicked out of the embassy, he probably could have stayed in that embassy a long rest rest time his life. had he had he simply been a gentleman. Yeah, but he
0: was a terrible house guest. He didn't yes. clean up after himself. He didn't clean up after his cat. He wiped poo on the walls. My Come favorite on. part of, of all of this was the uh, the article that The Onion came out with, which you only need the headline. Ecuadorian embassy runs ads seeking no drama tenant for newly vacated room. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you
2: guys think about? There's, there's this notion that uh, this could have a chilling effect on journalism. There are folks who are saying that uh, him being extradited to the U.S., is troubling because he, he's a journalist. Do you guys follow that line of thinking or do you think uh, by the, the things he did with um, Chelsea Manning trying to crack codes and so forth take him out of the journalism category?
0: I think he's definitely straddling a line between vigilante slash guy with a little bit too much power and trying to cover it up as journalism. Um, I think he crossed a line a while back. Uh, I think he's shown no remorse for crossing the line. I think he's made it clear that he has no problems crossing the line. will continue to cross the line. And that puts him in a troublesome category.
1: It's an interesting charge that they came up with out of everything they could have done with him to come up with this one charge uh, using was the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act to Mm -hmm. say that he tried to crack a government computer's password. I think that is the best of both worlds where he can, you know, we can say, ah we got him for something, but. I think that using that charge is what will distance this from the journalism question.
0: Yeah, because even as a journalist, you can't do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's really where it comes down to. And we're not going to get him for a while because he's got to deal with the, you know, bail jumping issue with the the Brits right now. But there is a very good chance that they're just going to say, well, we're just going to give him back to you. You know, mm-hmm. time served, just tack it onto a sentence and we'll call it a day. And you can have him because it's going to be in the courts for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. Interesting that um, the Obama administration uh, had looked at this and decided not to go after him. But uh, evidently, the Trump administration thought better of it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't really know the politics at play there. It's a, It's a bit of a head scratcher. I'm not quite sure why. This administration is going after him. Well, especially mm-hmm. since a
1: couple of years ago, Trump was like, I love WikiLeaks. They're great. Yes. And now they're like, he's like, who's WikiLeaks? Right. I don't know right. anything I, about WikiLeaks. I, I'm not familiar with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah. 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 You know, it's, either it's, that uh, Alzheimer's is kicking in or he's full of shit as usual. But
0: <laughs> strange times we live in.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, and and like Jason said, this is going to take a long time to play out. Yep. Uh, part of why this happened when it did was he was coming up on the end of the statute of limitations for this particular charge that they hit yeah. him with. So, so uh, like it's down now to
0: the, or never. Yeah,
2: I mean, they were coming down to the day where yeah. it would have run out. So I suspect he probably knew it was coming. Also, uh, seems to really let go of his uh, grooming routine while he was there in the in the,
0: <laughs> in the embassy. Uh just really, uh, let yeah. Let I his, saw the photo and I just did not even realize that was him. The yep.
1: video of him being carried out hogtied was just beautiful. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I'm like, oh, the, Look, wait, that's we, his
0: feet. Uh, they literally are carrying him out of that embassy. I think it's pretty clear we aren't particularly fans of him on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, he, he, like you said, he crossed the line a long time ago and. I, I lost all respect for him you know. years ago. Having said so. that, I
0: don't have an issue per se with WikiLeaks, particularly if it's being run by somebody that is not Julian Assange. So, What
1: are you going to do? Well, if you uh, have some Bitcoin, you can actually send some donations to WikiLeaks because apparently their donations have spiked since Julian was arrested. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I guess that's not surprising. No, no
1: not surprising no. at all.
2: Lots of PR and folks who uh, support his... Side of things would reach out and give some money. Yes, I don't. I don't know how far that's going to get him. But it, 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 the article said it's really not that much money, though, is it? It's like fifteen grand or something. It's not a whole lot.
1: It's going up. It looks like about forty Bitcoin so
0: far Whatever in that April. Means. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it depends on what day of the week it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What's, it, what's what's Bitcoin trading at right now? Probably around two, three grand, I think. Um, sounds about right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't even have. I care to go find it so <laughs> yeah yeah well uh this next story
2: i dropped in here uh it's from a, a company who's responsible for a lot of robo calling their uh their name is stratix networks now one of the th- reasons i put this in here was there's something in here that i was unfamiliar with are you guys familiar with ringless voicemails i
0: get these
2: all the time really yes i don't
1: think i've ever gotten one
2: or yep. or noticed other I mean, maybe i thought oh i missed i must have missed that call but I, I i really don't remember ever getting one what about you jason
1: i've never gotten one either i thought really? that was really interesting I'd, I'd never heard of them until i read this article
0: i get them yeah. quite often i would say one a week minimum really what mm-hmm. network are you on i'm on verizon
2: okay jason at&t yeah i'm on at&t also interesting mm. maybe there's no
1: back door do in at&t I wish yeah, Verizon maybe. would fix it because it's quite annoying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will not. I will have my phone on me. It will not ring. I have my Apple Watch on me. I I can tell my phone is not rung, and I will get a notification that I have a voicemail, and it's always a, uh, you know, some finance related bullcrap. Hmm. Well, according to this
2: article, these folks are using some sort of a backdoor system that's built into some carriers where they can leave a voicemail directly to a person's mailbox without having the phone ring. This seems to me like, as we have just said here, well, and also who would want that? I, 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 I do. I question
0: the utility of it. And uh, again, once, once it started happening to me, uh, as we all know, I think we've all now been trained to be entirely suspicious of any phone call that we get from any number we don't recognize. And now I've been trained for these as well. When I have voicemail from a number I don't recognize and my phone didn't ring, I just delete it right away. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i'm still getting like you know 15 calls a day from every other number in the world and, <laughs> yeah and eastern europe has become like the the number one caller i, I get calls from uzbekistan
2: yeah <laughs> every day now. i'm like what yeah. the hell I've, I've noticed that even just in the last week it's really picked up a lot for those those uh international calls coming in yeah well uh anyway this company uh stratix uh they, um, turns out they had a database of calls that were left, uh, exposed, uh, hundreds of thousands of recordings from, uh, thousands of folders, um, of people who had information left with them. And, and I guess there's some way that, um, people use this system to record both sides of a conversation. There are some people who, um, hire this company to be able to do, to do that as well, um, and that's problematic because in many law in uh, many states, including your state and mine, California and Maryland, we all have two party rules. So you have two-party to get permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to you have to uh, you have to get permission to record someone's calls, and they were not doing that.
1: But they're Toronto based, so can they just get around that and say, "Screw you guys, we're in Canada." Mm.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Do we do we have an extradition agreement with Canada?
1: We're just going to send Brian up there with a can of gasoline. I think. Right, right. Bring back Hi, some uh, is this maple cookies. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, uh, the folks from Stratix say we take compliance and data security very seriously. We're investigating of they to do. determine. <laughs> right. We're ethical
1: douchebags.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, another. Another uh, big bucket of information left out there waving in the wind. Um, I we're getting used to seeing well, probably one of those a week these days. But again, what was interesting to me about this one was this whole notion of uh, ringless voicemails. That was new to me.
0: Yep. Well, not new to me. So I'm glad I could uh, bring you guys up to speed on it. Yeah. So, uh, maybe I need to switch <laughs> to AT&T, except I actually like getting my phone calls. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> <snap>.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I actually uh, last, last week. I noticed that um, my home is now being served by AT&T's bogus 5G evolution. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, nice. So there's a 5GE on my phone now. That is not um, 5G at all. It is not 5G <laughs> at all. However, <laughs> just for for grins and giggles, I did a speed test on this 5G evolution. Any guesses for how fast it may have been? Half the speed of 4G? Mm, no, no. Hmm. Any guesses, Brian? No, just, no. Just no.
0: wild ass guess. Uh, 4G plus one. I
2: got, I got, <laughs> guy. you guys are really going out on a limb here, aren't you? <laughs> we're being realistic. Wow. Yeah. I got 158 megabits per second download. Okay. Okay. Which is pretty damn fast. What for were you getting wireless... before? Well, I don't know. <laughs> And that's the kind of studies we do here on Grumpy Old Geeks. Yeah. I have no idea, but the, I will. All right. Yes, you, you, you're you fine to laugh at me. I deserve that. But um, let's
1: compare and contrast. This is fast. Yeah. What's the other? We have an oh, orange. No Where's idea. Where's the apple? <laughs> no, no, ate no, it. No, no I idea. can count a potato.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, downloads was about, or uh, uploads rather, were about 40 megabits per second. But th- I mean, that's. It's good. I, That's good that it it ain't it ain't bad. Um, So I don't know what what is something to expect on um, a regular 4G network. It could be, you know, I do have uh, an up to date phone that's able to take advantage of whatever this thing that this 5G evolution is supposedly doing, which is just a, a version of 4G that's a little bit better. Um, okay, but, so um, here
1: for for the sake of science, I actually ran a speed test.
2: <laughs> science, I, science. Come I'm on, on. <laughs> AT, I,
1: I'm on AT and T with LTE, and I have yeah. three bars. So my download right. speed is nine point two two, and my upload is four point five four. That's megabits per second, not megabytes.
2: Mm-hmm. So mine would be faster then. Yes, it would be by an order of magnitude. Yeah. Yes,
1: that is impressive. So. Then. So yeah, I of course, kind of felt- I, there's there's an ad that came up on my speed test app that says uh, only 5G only on Android for the Qualcomm Snapdragon chip because they're the only ones that have a 5G chip. So mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. you go.
2: I did see uh, somebody did the first 5G test in the past week or so with a real phone and with a real 5G tower, and they got something like something insane, like 800 megabits per second. That would be uh, nice. And, of course, they're the only person on in the world on the network right now. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the why they can get
1: it, because they're the only <laughs> yeah. one using it. Yeah. But that Skype sort of, call
0: was
2: the clearest ever right, to myself. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I guess it shows that uh, what's theoretically possible. Anyway, I digress. What else do we have this week?
0: Well, a Symantec study of more than 1,500 hotels found that 67% of them were unwittingly leaking guests' personal information. These hotels are all over the place, spread across 54 countries, including the U.S., Canada, and some in the EU, despite strict GDPR protections, and they ran in quality from two-star motels to five-star beach resorts. The main issue involved booking confirmation emails. Uh, Many of these messages include an active link that directs to a separate website where guests can access their reservations without having to log in again. The booking code and the guest email are often in the URL itself, which in and of itself isn't a big deal, but like many businesses, hotels share your personal data with third parties. They do, meaning that your booking code and email are visible to them as well, and they would only need access to that in order to find your address, full name, cell phone number, passport number, and all other highly sensitive information. Awesome. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that hospitality seems to lag behind a lot of different industry verticals when it comes to the security stuff.
0: Yeah, it's not really part of their. They don't think of it as part of their expenses, right? They've got enough right. that they're dealing with, and and you know, it's just a, it's just a code to confirm you're staying here, right? What's mm-hmm. the big deal? We don't need any security here.
2: And I suppose I'm um, I'm just trying to think what the consequences for them are. Obviously, you got reputational stuff. Um, uh, what was it? it was it Marriott got hit when with the Star Wars – Star Wars? Got stuck on Star Wars Starwood. <laughs> yes, <laughs> big difference. Uh, star. Yes, yeah. star,
1: Starwood is the Star Wars porn. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Starwood, (laughs) very nice, very nice. I'm half-step behind today. When Starwood, so I think it was Marriott acquired Starwood, and after the acquisition discovered that there had been a a data leak, so they took the hit for that. So there are those kinds of things, but it's not like in finance where if your securities lack, somebody takes your money. Yes.
0: (laughs) This is just more data leaking. Mm -hmm.
1: Speaking of data leaking, let's talk about... Oh, wait, I, I have one here in the in the studio now. Let's talk about your Amazon Echo. Uh, <laughs> I just I just plugged it back in today. I don't I don't want to disturb the lady in the tube mm-hmm. uh, because now I know that Amazon workers are actually listening to the things that I say. And mm-hmm. uh, are we surprised YouTube. by this? Uh, I'm not. Not really. I'm not no, no, not at all. OK, not one bit interesting there's some interesting bits in here where some of the people say that they are doing over a hundred transcriptions a day where the trigger word was not said or just activated on its own
0: mm-hmm. that that's is interesting. disturbing yeah yeah and i've had a few occasions of that myself where i i would see it light up and then i would say i don't understand what you're saying dave or whatever mm-hmm. it does and and i was like i had to think back and i was like did i say anything that sounded like the trigger word and usually it's no not even close but Mistakes do happen.
1: Yeah. Now, I, the have funny one was, me too. I have, I used to have one of the dots next to my bed in my bedroom, mm-hmm. yeah. which is where
0: the bed is. So I
1: guess that's <laughs> when it, so it is. The bedroom? <laughs> yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. We're following um, you. We're, 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 all, we're coming along. This, yep. this G right.
0: brains thing is going great today. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so mine would be triggered and, and you're going to laugh at this one when Bam Bam would snore. Right. Her snoring would trigger the device. Hmm. And the light would turn on and it would start talking. I'm like, what? Like the whole room is bathed in blue light. And I'm like, okay, well, that's mm-hmm. a bug. Um, And wake me up. Huh. And the only noise in that room was Bam Bam snoring logs, like really loud right next to it. So, huh. Right. and that was only with the dot, you know, because I used to have the big one, the big Gen 1 tube in my bedroom. And it never happened then, but only with the dot. So I'm just wondering if the processing power is weaker On those dots. So it's just, it's not as good at
0: the trigger word recognition. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure the acoustics aren't as good and et cetera, et cetera. Because those dots are horrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple of them and they're sitting in a drawer now. I never use them.
2: Mm -hmm. The thing that bugs me about this is that, like these things are these days, you have the option of opting out (laughs) rather than being given the option to opt in. Opt in. Of course. Yeah, I have no trouble with this as a thing that they do, but it should be this like uh, you get a new computer, say, from Apple and it says, hey, we'd like to collect some information from you to make our products better. Are you OK with this? And say yes or no. And if you're OK with it, then you're OK with it. But don't just do it without asking and say, well, we, you could have disabled this. That to me, that's
0: uh, that's no good. But yeah. we also have just the standard statement and I just feel the need to repeat it from them because why not? I think we should do this every time now. We take the security and privacy of our customers' personal <laughs> information seriously, an Amazon Spokesperson <laughs> said in an emailed statement.
1: Of course yeah. they do. I,
2: how much does this bug you guys though? Does I, I this doesn't really I guess because I'm not surprised by it, the notion of people halfway halfway around the world listening to little clips of infra, cl- clips of audio Mm-hmm. To and these people have got to be bored out of their gourds, right? If this is what you're doing for eight hours a day, yes. Um, I don't know.
0: I, I, I I'm bothered, but not. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Like the I, idea yeah, of it yeah. is disturbing, but it's so commonplace now, and it's just. I'm asking for directions. I'm asking what time a store opens. I'm asking about the weather. I'm asking how badly the Orioles just got beat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh so for i'm not doing but, but i guess the concern is where this stuff is headed and where it's going because we spent a lot of time on the show talking about uh how they're moving into the health arenas and mm-hmm. and people are starting to use it for more sensitive information than they ever used to and you know um yeah where's all this machine learning and ai why why it's it's always people we always it's know never it's machine learning and AI. It's always people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we well. that's, that's a given nowadays. But I'm thinking about you know the drunk, lonely people who are trying to have conversations with the Echo in the middle of the night because they got nobody else with them, nobody else right. around, and right. you know I can I you can see a script coming out of this where some poor guy <laughs> in in the Philippines falls in love with some woman that he's got to transcribe who's you know lonely and sad and is sitting wasn't, in her apartment wasn't that in that Manhattan. Stupid movie, her. Uh kind of. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. yeah, But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things where, like, people use these for off-brand purposes sometimes.
2: And... <laughs> <laughs> I love that turn of phrase. That's yeah. good. You, off-brand you know. and fresh talent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was that story, you know, gosh, it's probably been a couple of years ago now about, uh, I think it was a, an autistic child who relied on Siri um, because she had infinite patience. He could ask her all the questions he wanted to and so it was really soothing for him and and kept him from god i need dri- this for my toddler well exactly it kept him from driving <laughs> the rest of his family nuts uh so it worked out for everybody it was really
0: very helpful for him
1: hmm. interesting n- i, I yeah. don't remember that story
0: but that's that's really nice yeah that is nice except yeah. for the fact that it you know there are reams and reams of data of this child now <laughs> <Being> <laughs> yeah. monitored by a human
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. It's. I just don't really. I, I just. Z. Z. Was it. ZFG is pretty much where I. Where I land on. Yeah. For one. me,
0: it's okay. Is is it not being? Is it not being stored? Is it not being filed away under my personal account name somewhere? Is it uh, not, not mm-hmm. being? Got your idea. That's. Yeah. That's the. That's the concern more than. More than some really bored employee just having to listen to it to check in to see how things are going. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: you know, they're they're storing everything because you just look at your app and it has a history of everything you've said to it. So it's going somewhere. That's yeah, that's a given. I just
0: I'm hoping it's being deleted after certain time periods, but I'm sure it's not.
1: Yeah. And honestly, it's like, OK, if you want to sit there and retranslate buy toilet paper, that's fine. I'm, I'm OK, but just don't, yeah, you, don't but again, use it. Don't use it off
0: brand. <laughs> the concern is as these things become more, more, more and more a part of our everyday lives, it's it's going to be more than just us ordering toilet paper. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah echo where's the where's the nearest hooker you know you know that there are some frat boys that say that and in the future could they get profiled for that in some kind of me too sting and how's that going to come back to them there's all sorts of ways that you can dystopianize this but then you can also just look at the fact that they're just trying to make the service better and they really don't care about that there was some bits in this article that were disturbing where they some people thought they heard sexual assaults happening and when that happens you know can they call the the supervisor to call the police and get them involved? Right. What really are the processes there when they do hear something illegal happening? Hmm. You know, yeah, that's that's what their one obligations. Of the yeah, yeah. What what are their obligations? Especially since, like they say that you know this data collection and what they're doing with it is not in the terms of service. So hmm. it's it's a little it's a little slippery slopey, But uh, I I see that this there's a need for them to make this thing better. But yes. Not being opted in by default, I think, would fix 99.999% of those problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah. They're wearing us down. It's how they wear us down.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, Activision is wearing down their employees because they're tracking when they're getting busy. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> are they? Are they, though? Are they I- really?
0: Fucking called this oh yeah <laughs> i said this was gonna happen i've been screaming about this for a year i thought we were at least a year or two away from this happening uh, so thank you tech companies for not disappointing me okay
1: okay yeah well, well, i don't i don't take know it away the... brian you
0: can you can take this one brian <laughs> all right mm-hmm. well we've we <laughs> as soon as i started hearing about this about uh healthcare companies offering uh incentives for people to use their their apps and their their Fitbit gadgets and all of that information being funneled straight to the healthcare providers. But don't worry, we're going to give you a $1 gift card in exchange for you doing this, or we'll take a little percentage off your premium in exchange for doing this. I was like, don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. And what are people doing? They're fucking doing it. And what's happening? They're getting fucking tracked by them. Well, they're fucking. Yes. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> It's more things than just that. Obviously in this particular yes. story, that's 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 you know, this is the glossed up sexy version of the story. It's the clickbait. This version. is very, very bad. I'm <laughs> pissed. <laughs> Clearly.
1: <laughs> now Clearly. Brian, Brian, I, I would like you to explain why it's bad to our to our yeah. faithful listeners.
0: All right, who might be, just be tuning I, in I for like the first this... time. I like this particular sentence in the story. Uh, The Washington Post this week reported Activision Blizzard has been using various apps to track its employees' health data, including their pregnancies and sexual activity, by receiving, air quotes, anonymized data from health apps the employees are in no way absolutely not compelled to use. But don't worry, they're properly compensating these industrious workers by offering them a $1 per day in gift certificate cards. Mm -hmm. So the report detailed data collected by pregnancy tracking apps, specifically Ovia. Opia's main claim to fame is its algorithm, with help which helps its users figure out the best times to conceive a child based on their menstrual cycles. Now, we do not have a long history in this com- in this country of companies penalizing women for getting pregnant, don't we? We do. Oh, okay, interesting. We do. So I wonder why a company would want an app that lets them know when their employees are trying to get pregnant. Hmm. Well,
2: a couple <sighs> things here. Uh, they said that uh, the company saves $1,200 a year per employee. Mm-hmm. So they're making out on this, yeah.
1: Because only paying out three hundred, or not even <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're not paying right. out three hundred and sixty-five dollars. I'm sure they're probably paying mm-hmm. you know five-day work week. So they only you only get paid when they track you while you're at the job, right? Yes. All but right. the tracking not continues. continues. Yep.
2: <laughs> well, and I I saw another was another article. I'm not sure that it was exactly about this story, but it was making the point that with some of these tracking things, particularly particularly if you're tracking pregnancies. In a average size office, it's not gonna be difficult to de anonymize the data based on no. who's pregnant and who's not, because there aren't that many at any given time. Yes.
1: Easy to do the math on that to backtrace who's who.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't I I'm not I'm not as wound
2: up about this as uh you are, Brian, clearly. Um,
0: I, I think I'm wound up about this in the same way that I, I'm not wound up about the previous story about the Amazon Echo, but I can see I can see the writing on the wall. I can see the slippery slope, mm-hmm. and I can see this no longer being opt-in. Opt I can see this being, if you want to work for us or if you want health insurance through us, we're not just going to give you an incentive anymore. You have to do this. Right. That's right. where I get pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose we could. I mean, there's the larger and the, again, story. This is of, wearing us down, right? Yeah. This is how they get us. This yeah. is how they make us feel comfortable with it. This is how it starts, and then next thing you know, it's not an option anymore. But this is the larger, the big picture here is decoupling
2: health insurance from companies because yes, that that needs to be done. I I think. Um, and uh, I don't know. Do we need a um? It, this is sort of a pre-existing conditions kind of thing in a way that we, if you, you can't. Do we need regulations that preclude healthcare providers or health insurance providers from this sort of tracking Yeah, or not?
0: I think we would. So I think yeah. we do. Hmm. And related to that and everything that we just talked about, um, <clears throat> this is nothing we don't know, but I found this to be an interesting uh, interactive story on the New York Times by uh, Farad Manju, who I've always liked his writing, tech writing anyways, uh, and it's a uh, it's Called it's time to panic about privacy, and if you click through the scrolls, much like a PowerPoint, uh, everything that we always talk about is in here. All the scares that we've talked about is in here, and it's basically sounding the alarm call to people who don't follow it as much as we do, saying uh, we need to start figuring out what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, once again, as we've talked about
2: before, the New York Times is really killing it with the interactive stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody else. Uh, and it's very old school web.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: like they're going back to 1997 (laughs) on this one. But
2: but I just mean consistently putting the effort in for
0: these sorts of things. Yes, this could be a very bland like three three page article, but instead they've done a very good job of designing it and and making it interactive and interesting.
2: Yeah,
1: it's pretty.
0: Mm -hmm. It's pretty, and it's it's pretty in
2: a retro kind of way.
1: Oh, way retro. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the purple <laughs> gradient is uh,
1: woo, calling... This
0: is this is not out of... Uh, this could easily be on Wired circa 2000. Oh, I right, feel like I was right. playing
1: the old CD-ROM game, uh, Spaceship Warlock.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but uh, content-wise, it is everything that we scream about quite a lot here.
2: It is. Um, I guess my feeling after... It ended and I felt like it I felt like it just sort of ended and I thought to myself, Well, why should I panic? I didn't feel as though I felt it pointed out a bunch of things like we always talk about here, but I didn't feel like it rose to any sort of crescendo or
0: anything at the end to make me go, Everybody it, it, panic. I, I don't think it's detailed enough for you and I who <laughs> <laughs> Just read ten stories that make us panic more than this particular interaction does mm. uh, to panic. But I mean, I, I'm staring at his, at one slide right now. Here is the stark truth: We in the West are building a surveillance state no less totalitarian than the one the Chinese government is rigging up. That that one makes me panic a bit. Yeah, but I mean, do it's, you, it's, it's
1: all problem. That? It's all problem, no solution.
0: Right. I know that is there. You that go, is Jason. The yes. There you go. I'm, I am with you 100 percent on that. So maybe even well, part do, two. Do,
2: do you agree <laughs> that? Our surveillance state is just
0: like well, China's, much like the less next slide says. We are doing it through corporations and consumer products rather than the government, and right. that I do believe. So that we've we've talked about that in this yeah. segment a number of times. That that what we're, we're watching China do as a government, we're doing to ourselves through our own businesses, Facebook, right. etc.
2: So, but I I would I would say that a main difference and an important difference is that the consumer companies don't have guns
0: yet. i don't know what they're putting on their drones (laughs) amazon's gonna put a flamethrower on a drone and we're fucked (laughs) well here's here's the difference i think between the
1: two china is 1984 the united states is brave new world china is having it done to them we're doing it we're doing it to ourselves yes they're george orwell (laughs) we're aldous huxley that's kind of the two the two differentiators between the two
0: i think you're right I think I'm going to start adopting a, a Top Gear-esque uh, exit for this segment. And on that depressing bombshell. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> well, let's go watch the Star Wars trailer some more. That'll cheer us yes, up. Yes, that'll cheer us up. Yeah. All right, gents. Good as always. I will talk to you guys next time.
1: Ups and doodads. Hey, Brian, have you seen that uh, with your Spotify Premium account, you now get Hulu for free?
0: No. Because I have a Spotify premium account, and I'm not aware of this. How do, how do I go about getting my free Hulu? Well, you go to GOG.show 336,
1: and you click on the link in the show notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've clicked on the link. It is somewhat unclear here. This is, uh, this, I guess, because I'm not signed in on the desktop client. I'll have to try this again in a little bit. Do it on uh, the
1: desktop. Yeah, it's much easier on the desktop.
0: But uh, Okay. Yeah,
1: you get uh, set up with a free Hulu account. It's the one with the commercials. You can, of that's course, fine. upgrade for a few bucks if you want to. But the commercials are fine. I don't care about commercials. I get free Hulu now.
0: and I guess I will find out if there's
1: anything I want to watch on Hulu.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> See what's on there.
1: You can, now you can go watch The Handmaid Tale.
0: Uh I think I need to wait until we have a new election before. I, <laughs> I think <that>. you should. <laughs> like I told you, I started to watch season two
1: and it was so depressing in the first five minutes that I just could not. I could not. It was yeah, so bad. I don't
0: think I can do that. Well, I will check into that and see what's going on because it does say that there are limited spots and blah, 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 blah. And this seems to be promoting it to uh, just people who haven't signed up for Spotify yet. So I will log into my account and click on the link in the show notes and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I created a new email address for my Hulu account because I had a previous Hulu account. That I used to pay for. And I even tried Hulu TV, which was just a fuster cluck. Uh, But uh, so I just used a different email address and signed up for a new account, linked it through, went fine, signed it up to my Roku TV and boom, Hulu's your uncle. I like it. There you go. I like free stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Especially since I'm already paying for Spotify premium that I barely listen to. It's nice to get something else (laughs) for my money. Do you remember BB edit, Brian? You, uh, You have to. You have to have used BB edit.
0: Uh, I still occasionally use it. I don't do much web work, but I'm taking care of a couple of things for a few friends. So I actually had BBEdit open a week ago.
1: I see. I have BBEdit open 24 seven because I just use it as a scratch pad. Uh, they've got a, it's <laughs> Not got a, a re- fan of the notes, huh? Oh uh, no. Cause this is just stuff that I'm like, if I'm doing show notes for the show right. or just other text stuff, I do a lot of text work. So I always just have it open because they have got a little side tray now where they've had it since like version 10 where you can just have like a ton of open files. Yep, I've actually complained on the show that I had a bunch of open files one time and it crashed on me and I had to go back to uh, like some kind of weird cache thing to recover all of those, which was Mm -hmm. a pain in the butt. But uh, I finally upgraded to BB edit 12 this week after is it free? Oh, no, it was like 39 bucks. It's 49 bucks if you don't have a Ah. previous uh, (laughs) version of it. It was uh, 39 bucks for version 10. If you had version 11, it was 39 or 29. And ah, uh, see,
0: I'm still on version 10, which does the job for me.
1: See, that's the thing. I just wanted to see what was new in it. Um, there's right. there's some new dark mode stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you've got 10, you probably don't need to upgrade. But I like to support these guys. They've been around for over 25 years. And I mean, I've been using them since version one
0: You know. Yeah, I'm a little torn on this one because uh, I've been a fan for a long time as well, but I do so little web work now and I very rarely use it and 10 does everything I need. So I don't think I've tossed them quite a few bones in the past.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just want them to stick around because I do I do rely (laughs) on them for a lot of stuff because there are a lot of macros and things that I use in there for just formatting different text files. I don't do web work anymore, but right for a lot of just the little basic stuff that I do, it's it's still fine. It's still totally fine, and like I said, I like to support them. So excellent, yeah. And they still have the uh, the same tagline, BB or uh, <laughs> bare bones. It doesn't suck. That's right. They just added the registered trademark after it for, <laughs> after a while. I remember when I was running Spew, my first website from nineteen ninety four. They had a little promo going where if you put a powered by BB Edit bug on oh, your, I remember on your website, that. you got a free yes. T shirt. <laughs> Do I you look, have the shirt still? Oh God, I wish I did, but it would probably be dust by now. But it was a great <laughs> T-shirt. I wore it for like five years. It was awesome. But the <laughs> new ones, they they changed the T-shirts. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, maybe I can get a, a new T-shirt just to have a little BB Edit shirt. But what they did was because uh, <laughs> the old tagline was "It doesn't suck," but now they put in a little carrot and said "Still" in it, and it's just not the Ooh. same. I want the classic. The I want same. the yeah. This is like the 25th anniversary shirt. So. Guys over at Bare Bones, if you're listening to the show, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, bring back some classic bring, merch. Bring back the old ones. And uh, I want to talk about Clean My Mac 10 or X, whichever whichever X. one you now, call it. I I
0: was, saw you put this in the show note. I have Clean My Mac 3, and I went to update. Yes, and it says there's no new updates. I have the most recent release. No, you don't. Nope. Well, it's almost as complete program's telling me I do.
1: <laughs> you know what probably happened it came up with an update one time and you closed it because it was a paid upgrade. They don't show it again if you if you dismiss it once. Ah. They'll show you the because it's really nice. They don't nag you about it. It says That hey, is nice. It, this is a paid upgrade. If you'd like to, you can, but if not, ignore this and then it never shows up again. And mm. then somebody was telling me about uh the new version Clean My Mac 10 X. Mm-hmm. Uh and X. And they said it was really good. So I went and checked it out. And there is a bunch of stuff in there that's really nice now. And I need it because all of my Macs have just 500 gig hard drives. Right. I didn't want to spend the money for an extra, you know, 500 gig drive for a terabyte, which I should have in hindsight. But it requires me to like, you know, keep stuff off of it and keep it up to date and clean it off a lot and clean my Mac just every two weeks. It just pops up a thing said, hey, time to clean your Mac. I Press the button. And I can get back, you know, anywhere from 10 to 30 gig just with cleaning system crap out. It's really yep. nice. It is
0: fantastic for that. I still, I, I use it, uh, like you said, I use it almost once a week, basically.
1: Yep. And now they've got yep. speed optimizations. They I love the uninstaller too. So if you want to get yes. rid of an app, it gets rid of everything, not just deleting the app. It gets rid of all the files that go with it. It's got an updater built in now too. So it can update apps without you having to go to the app go you know check for updates all that stuff it does it right in the in the clean my mac interface they've, oh yeah it's really nice hmm. they've got uh, a large and old files section where you can find things that you haven't opened in ages and it's got this new thing called space lens which lets you visually look at big files on your drive and be able I to I wish I could get in. all this
0: for my brain
1: yeah, seriously i i need a <laughs> defrag for my skull
0: um, well MacPaw is going to get some of my money then all those updates sound pretty good and this is a program i use regularly religiously so
1: yep and they've I'll also an added update. and they've also added malware removal so it mm. scans for malware which i haven't had any yet because it's a, it's a mac mac <laughs> yeah. yeah um they've got some privacy stuff in here too so it'll get rid of you know browsing history and stuff like that chat data but all in all, it's well worth it. I went for the uh, the paid version to get to own it instead of the yeah. subscription because you can either buy it or you can get the subscription. So I'm going to buy it. Yep, I just bought it because the last version, version three, lasted me a goodly long time, like you know, several years. It's still working for me. It'll still work, yeah. But these <laughs> new features are actually worth it. I, I definitely, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I recommend picking it up. So the uh, the next app that I got, I got an app for my iPad. Okay. I got Pixelmator Photo that just came out. Mm -hmm. Now, I I am a fan of the Pixelmator uh, for the Mac. It's a cheap version Mm -hmm. of Photoshop that if you just need, it's like 30 bucks to be able to just open and edit Photoshop files if you don't have Photoshop. Right. And it's a great little Mm -hmm. app. It's a little hard to get used to. And I've actually moved away from Pixelmator on the Mac, and I've moved to uh, Affinity Photo. Mm -hmm. And I've also moved to Luminar 3. So I don't really use Pixelmator anymore. But when I saw this... This is an app that is built specifically for the iPad. It uses lots of machine learning. Oh, yes, (laughs) it does. Uh, It it uses the core ML framework inside of iOS. And for doing just photo retouching on your iPad, it's so cool. I was playing with it this morning, and they have some things in there. Like, their repair tool is unbelievable. You can just basically draw on on a piece of the photo. And get rid of just massive things. Like <laughs> the first time I tried it, I had a picture of me up. I was, I was doing one of my profile photos that I needed to put on another site. I'm like, oh, let me try this. And I, I hit the repair tool and just dragged it across my eyes, my nose and my mouth. And it completely removed them and gave me a clean slate so I can put anybody's face <laughs> on there that I want. <laughs> But all in all, it's really cool. And it supports raw images, too. So if you have a bunch of raw images from your regular camera, like, say, in Dropbox, you can open them up in this and edit them there and then save them locally and then post them to Instagram if you want to do stuff like that. It's a, am- it's like a really nice raw editor.
0: I feel like such a dinosaur still using Photoshop.
1: I, You know, every time I open it, I'm like, why do I still have Photoshop on here? I almost <laughs> never use it. It's just the muscle memory with using Photoshop since version two. Really, is just like I can do it so fast in Photoshop. Anything that I need to do, I can just do it super fast. But uh, for the iPad, this thing is really nice. Here's the kicker. $4.99. Wow. For $4.99, I'll try anything. And this actually (laughs) turned out to be a really nice surprise, how good it is. It's super fast on my uh, iPad 12-inch third-gen. And it's beautiful on that thing. I mean, that thing is just gorgeous to begin with. But I was I was playing around with a ton of photos this morning. The editing tools are really spectacular. I really enjoy this app. So if you've got an iPad and you do anything with photos, it's it's well worth the five bucks.
0: Now, does the desktop version have all these same
1: features in it? I don't know because I don't. I think the Mm. maybe the pro version because they've got two versions now. They've got Pixelmator and they've got Pixelmator Pro. Right. Pixelmator Pro is uh, like forty bucks. And I'm not I don't need it, so I'm not going to buy it or try it, but uh, mm. I'm not
0: sure. But, you know, I might try it because I'm thinking about ditching my Adobe subscription, given how little I use anything other than Photoshop. Oh, yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. And a $40 one time cost for for a photo editor program for me just to do the stuff that I need to do to replace Photoshop and the nine ninety nine dollars or whatever a month I'm paying right now. Yeah, it's like a no brainer.
1: Yeah, definitely. And on Pixelmator Pro, I do believe. Yeah, you can try it for free. So you can go grab a go. copy and I'll try it go. Yeah. Okay. It looks like, and it looks like it's also kind of a blend between uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. So it looks like it's got Bayesian curves and things like that too. Oh, nice. So, okay. Um, honestly, I, for photo stuff, you should also try Affinity Photo. There's mm-hmm. there's two apps there. There's Affinity Photo and Affinity Designer, which is the, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator respectively. Right. Um I'm not sure how much those are running nowadays but Affinity Photo is super nice. It's super okay. nice. Both I if you can get free trials for both try them both and see which one you like best and then get okay. get rid of that Adobe subscription.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Time to go.
1: Seriously. It's not like you're going to be using like uh was it Adobe audition to be editing shows or anything <laughs> like that. There's just no. nothing left in there. I own I own a copy of Lightroom 6, which is the last copy of Lightroom I'm ever going to own because <laughs> I moved everything over to Luminar 3, which had which does the same thing that Lightroom does. But better mm-hmm. and cheaper, a lot cheaper. And especially since this is probably the last version of Lightroom you'll a- probably be able to buy. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, screw that. CCC, Creative Cloud Crap. And I bought an actual piece of hardware this week. So I got apps and doodads all in one. Ooh. I got the APC UPS battery backup and surge protector with AVR 1500 VA APC backups Pro BX1500M. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my second uh, APC UPS. I've got, I've got kind of the older version of it as well. And I had a smaller one that died on me. So I had to replace it because I need two UPS- UPSs here. Yeah. Because I, I, with all this gear, when the power goes down, I need to be able to keep everything powered for at least a while. Yes. And I've got another one of the same thing in the house that powers the router. So when the power goes out in the neighborhood, because we've got summer coming and California blackouts and brownouts are a thing. <laughs> that uh, I need to always have these, and they're they're affordable. I recommend everybody get one of these, at least one of these for your house. It's one hundred and fifty eight ninety nine right now with Prime shipping, and they're great. They're great. They, and especially if you live in earthquake country like here, as soon as you yes. can shut everything down, unplug it, and leave it uh, juiced, because if you're out of power for a couple days in an earthquake, that can charge everybody's cell phone like on the block for a long, long time. <laughs> Good point. Yep. So I highly recommend everybody get one of these. Now, uh, finally I have a hat tip to Quantum Leap over on Twitter. He sent me a note saying that Reader 3 for iOS updated a few days after my last rant about them being broken on my iPad 12 inch. And I went right. back this morning and re-downloaded it because I'd moved everything over to Feedly, which I was enjoying. And sure enough, they have actually updated the iOS app so it works on the new iPad 12 inches. So there you go. I, I think I'm gonna stick with Feedly though. I've kind of <laughs> got my got my My moves down. You got your groove on, yeah. Yeah. And it's it. I can see more headlines in one easy chunk than on Reader. So I think I might be sticking with Feedly. So they may have screwed themselves on that one. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it it does work again though. So if uh, you want to check it out, check it out. The link will be in the show notes: gog.show/slash three three six. Brick a brick.
0: Now, sometimes even doing two shows a week uh, means that we are woefully out of date. From something that's already hit the zeitgeist. We can talk about the first ever photo of a black hole, but everybody's talked about it. It's cool, although technically it's not a photo of a black hole because you can't take a photo of nothing. But it's a photo <laughs> of orange stuff around the black hole. <laughs> kind of looks like an orange donut. Boing Boing had a very funny photo of Homer Simpson holding it. It was quite cute. But, uh, you know, proves they exist. Very cool.
1: Science for the win. Science for the win. And I was seeing some versions of it today that were like the zoomed out version that look even cooler than the zoomed in version right Mm -hmm. definitely worth checking those out and in more space news because this is a space bric-a-brac this week uh turns out space (laughs) is hard and uh (laughs) you think yes space (laughs) is hard israel's first privately funded moon lander didn't quite make it well it made it to the moon but it didn't quite make it down safely so there uh it was it was sad that it didn't quite make it but it did do a quick selfie 13 miles up before it uh, took a
0: nosedive but uh, hopefully they'll try again. They got close. More space. I want Britain to try to go back to Mars, too. The Beagle, I believe it was, that didn't quite make it. I think the more the merrier. The more the merrier. That's right. Let's get out there. Let's, let's spread our junk all over the cosmos. Exactly.
1: We put our junk everywhere.
0: <laughs> That's right. And there was a lot of news about the, uh, the
1: twin study from NASA this week on uh, Scott Kelly and his twin brother. Where, yes. And some, some bad news coming out of this one for people who are going to be in space for a long time. It ain't good for us. No, it's really not looking good. Uh, Radiation, not good. Yeah. 48 times Mm -hmm. more radiation than he would have been subjected to on Earth in his 340 days aboard the space station. Mm -hmm. So high, like higher risk of cancer because there are genetic mutations that are present. And even after he got home, they stuck. Not good. The other really bad one, uh, he did worse on cognitive tests six months after landing, and he's not getting any better. So. (laughs) Right. That could be, there are a couple of factors that could be at play there. It could just be he's not that motivated anymore to give crap. <laughs> he's like, I'm home, screw it. And one of the really weird ones, though, was um, his telomeres actually grew longer when he was in space. And as you age, your telomeres get shorter. And that's huh. really what is, you know, that's your, your
0: age gauge. Yeah, that's the thing that basically starts to shut you down. Yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. that's really interesting that his telomeres grew. So I want to figure out what that is.
0: You can live with cancer for a long time.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so we have got a couple links in the show notes about uh, about that whole thing. And one of uh, one interesting one on The Verge is like it talks about how a big of a logistical nightmare it was to get the blood back to Earth in in the time right. frame. It's pretty cool stuff, though. And I got some flying car news. University of Michigan and Ford have published a study indicating that electric flying cars wouldn't be as environmentally sustainable as cars for commutes less than 22 miles. Right. So you're not going to be hopping down to the mall in your flying car anytime soon didn 't think so, yeah, well, since flying cars still don 't actually exist, <laughs> but they do say that after the twenty two mile mark actually they do gain an efficiency oh that's cool, yeah, and that 's at cruising speeds of one hundred and fifty miles an hour so twenty two mile trip at one hundred and fifty you 're going to get there pretty quick, you get there about ten minutes that's or right, pretty about quick eight minutes something like yeah. that but uh it 's interesting that they're they're checking this stuff out because by the time the cars actually get here, you know they might actually be more efficient as it goes or might be working from because they're, they're basing these on electricity, that these right. flying cars are going to be electric. And they talk about how greenhouse gases and all. They, they, they had a pretty interesting model on how it works. But uh, yeah, so far, it's not looking good for short hop flying cars, at least if you care about the environment. If you don't give a shit, then fly away, dude. Fly away. <laughs> just don't work at Amazon. <laughs> you can't fly to don't Amazon. Don't work at Amazon.
0: Yeah. And this story just stuck in my mind because I thought of uh, the good old GOG Clash Royale group that you've got going yes Uh, this is based more on battle royale but it did stick in my mind anyways a millionaire is looking for someone to help them design a 100 person battle royale inspired event to take place on a private island so if any of you out there used to build your uh, own little uh, attack vectors in doom or all those other games or your own levels maybe there's the job for you um hush hush which is a website I love how they described it here. A website designed to come up with creative ways to part millionaires from their money, (laughs) selling things like high-end billage stables, private jets, and islands. They say they were approached by a customer who was on the lookout for a private event island for help in setting up the championship. They will be handling registrations for the event when the time comes. Contestants will be provided with airsoft guns, ammo, and touch-sensitive body armor for a three-day event. The last person standing will win a 100,000-pound jackpot. So... As the event is currently planned, the event is attended the last three days with 12 hours of competition each day. Competitors will then camp for the night, food, camping, gear, and all the necessary equipment will be provided. So, as this uh, article says, let's run down the list together. Anonymous Millionaire, Private Island, Last Person Standing Contest. Surely we've seen enough films to know how this is going to turn out. Even if it doesn't turn into an island massacre, we've all seen the Fire Festival documentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so yeah i don't think this is gonna fly but uh, we'll i don't see. think it's gonna happen but you never know
1: i know now i want to go back and watch battle royale that was such a fun movie yeah ah, well speaking of movies uh there's a video that i found highlighting every pop culture reference in Shaun of the dead because Shaun of the dead <laughs> is now 15 years old which is oh,
0: crazy. crazy
1: oh man I, I love that movie so much and
0: saw it like the week before it opened with friend of the
1: show Robert and his now wife Stacy
0: and it's one of my favorite movies of all time uh, without a doubt it is one of the best most hilarious movies ever I remember uh, my wife absolutely refused to watch it because she hates anything scary and she's like it's a zombie movie I can't watch a zombie movie and it was on one of our flights uh, to back to Toronto and I said just watch it and now it's one of her favorite movies too of
1: course it is of course it is (laughs) because it is one of the greatest movies ever made closing shout out
0: by the time you've heard this, you've already seen the first episode of the last season of Game of Thrones. Or if you haven't seen the first episode of the last Game of Thrones, it's been all over your news feed. It's been everywhere, and every single article on every single website is talking about it.
1: Yes, everything has been definitely for
0: you by this point. <laughs> everything has been ruined. I am very excited that the show is back. I think I'm more excited for the show to be over so that we can move on with our lives and talk about other things, too.
1: Now, I, the one thing that I want to be over is this damn <laughs> Avengers movie. Oh, that too. Oh, uh, Everywhere in my feed, everywhere in my feed, like all my RSS feeds and just on Twitter, everybody's like, hey, you almost missed this great thing in the Infinity Wars trailer that is a total like spoiler alert. And I'm like, well, then sh- no, I didn't. shut up. And I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care about that movie
0: at all. I briefly, I briefly fired up on the Netflix, the previous one, because um, I remember saying at the time that I wanted the two and a half hours of my life back. Yeah, I want the 15 minutes of my life of t- attempting to rewatch that again back too. not where oh, I, I no. could care less. Yeah,
1: I, I watched it all. Th- I watched it halfway through and then I went back and watched it all the way through. And yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but I just have zero shits to give about superhero movies anymore, I guess.
0: I'm done. I, I don't even think I'm going to see this this one. I think I'll just read the Wikipedia entry and see who died and what they came up with. And if they all stepped out of the shower and realized it was all just a dream, All just a dream. Oh man. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Brian Schellmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep
1: us on the air, go to patreon.com slash G O G. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. And if you're listening to the show on the Overcast Player for iOS, keep clicking those damn stars. The Accidental Tech Podcast is still winning, the lazy bastards. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show 336. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.
0: How's that for a slice of fried gold?
1: Yeah, boy! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator